Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Bonsoir. The World Cup is over, and we're really excited about that. I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. Joining me as always is the Internet Jesus himself, Sean Walker. Au revoir, au revoir, allez, allez, les bleus. And also joining Rudy us, the local Oval Canuck himself, Zach Haken. What's up, guys? Eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. End of another sports-filled week. Uh, lots to talk about. The World Cup is finally over, and I wanted to talk about this. Um, the only guy that correctly predicted not only the championship matchup between who was going to the cha- to the final, but you also predicted who was going to win that final. You guys should see the smile I got on my face right now. <laughs> It's just a, just a gr- chiz-eating grin from side to side. <laughs> Zach Hicken. It was a great week in the Hicken household <laughs> of uh, soccer. You know what, though? I'm kind of mad. Um, they always say put your money where your mouth is. Uh-huh. And I've always wanted to get like into uh, like just doing like some very like minimum minimal sports gambling. Yeah. No like, risk. Yeah. It's, like It's going to be legal here in Utah pretty soon, so you might yeah. as well. So I was thinking, you know, States maybe rights. like throw 20 bucks on each game. Yeah. I don't know what the odds were, but I would have made something, you know? Yeah. So I mean, until you realize that France was like the overwhelming favorite of the entire tournament. But and, neither of us thought. Well, what about like Germany and Mexico? Like they, they were up there oh, too, like right? France, the France was always, no, France since the beginning has been like a top three. I don't know, Sean, you made fun of me for picking them last week. <laughs> it's true. I mean, so let's remind people. In fact, I walked away really, really nervous last week after Sean was like, "You picked the exact opposite me. Congrats, you idiot!" (laughs) So let's let's just remind people. uh, That's that's because I was trying to make myself feel better. I I predicted a um, a England and uh, France World Cup final, and I picked England to win it all. Um, Sean, who did you pick? You picked uh, a Croatia. No, not no, Croatia. I picked I picked Belgium over England oh, right, in the final. Um, yeah, that's not looking so good. Uh, by the way, as of the veritable oddshark dot com, uh, aka the Bovada, aka the number one source for sports gambling, like ever, um, KSL.com partner. Uh, France were plus 200 to win the World Cup at the start of the tournament. England were plus 250. Belgium plus 275. And Croatia plus 450. Wow. So, at least since the quarterfinals, they've been favorited. Okay. Still. I mean. Still, we owe him lunch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> did we ever actually bet that? We did. We're going to have to scrub the tape because I don't think we actually <laughs> uh, Where are we going to go, boys? Mobetas. I think it's up to you. I think I'm think i a fan of Mobetas. I know that's like Hema's favorite food. That's my food. jam. I would Mo- live there. Mobetas, I... also not a sponsor, but oh, we're listening. Lord. If you send us some food even, that'd be freaking bomb. Hey, they're building a Mobetas by my house. I, really? I, I don't PG? think I've been more excited for- Wait, you live over there? Yeah. Oh, I live in Utah County. I just found out that Zach Hicken and I are neighbors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you actually want to know who is like a true neighbor of mine and like walks around my neighborhood a lot? Is uh the one and only Deseret News reporter Brandon C. Gurney. Deseret <laughs> oh News star gosh. reporter Brandon Gurney. Wow. Yeah. 
So you really are my neighbor because he's he legit is my neighbor. So wow. Okay, we're gonna have to talk about this. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, because I don't want people to know exactly where we live. So (laughs) we're not gonna give away our address over the interwebs. Um, But shout out to Brandon Gurney. Shout out to Brandon Gurney, beautiful neighbor there. Yeah. So uh, not a neighbor of Hemahemuli Jr. Hell no. I live in. Do you have neighbors in Tuella? I do. <laughs> They're sheep and horses <laughs> and like gophers. No, no, no. This is this is Tuella, not Ogden. I <laughs> oh, mean sorry. Logan. I mean Logan. Sorry. I keep getting those confused. Hey, Stop it. Quick story on this. Uh, let's get back to soccer after this. Okay. Um, today I was or earlier this week I was up in Ogden, uh, and we found out. Wait, wait, Ogden, Ogden, or Logan, Ogden? Ogden, Ogden. Okay, okay. And I texted my wife and I said, "Hey, uh, do you have like anything that you need me to do up here?" She's like, no, what is even up in Ogden? I said, Utah State University. And she was like, she, I completely <laughs> threw her through a loop. And she's like, do you mean you're in Logan? I go, no, I'm in Ogden. And she's like, Utah State is in Logan. I was like, no, it's in Ogden. <laughs> it, anyway, it, dumb BYU joke started Sh- by Boney Fuller. Shout that, out to Boney Fuller. Shout out um, to Boney Fuller. At Boney Fuller, if you're not following our uh, mutual burner account. Yeah, I... Uh, I that's threw awesome. my wife completely through a loop. I also found out that KSL anchor Rod Zundel has a second life on oh, days off that he yes. doesn't work here. True story. He owns an auto mechanic store called Ron Zundel Auto <laughs> Repair. True story. Ron Zundel. Like, it's everything's exactly the same except for the N. Yeah. It's like, it's like that's. It's Rod's evil twin brother. Or should we say good? Oh, yeah. It's probably. Which his- one's the evil one? Like, have you ever thought, like, if you were, like, if you had a twin, which of you would be the evil twin? I don't recall any recollection of anything that you just said. <laughs> is that, so that, was that you grilling Rod and asking him to confirm or deny whether or not he is Ron Zundel and owns an auto body shop? And he couldn't deny it. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. Oh, it was it. it gave me a good laugh. So That's I had great. to send it to you guys. We posted it on oh, Twitter. It hilarious. was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, back to the uh, World Cup. Yeah. So, uh, um, did you guys watch the match? I watched the highlights. Okay. I didn't. I couldn't get up that early. It was this more uh, Sunday morning. Nine a.m. One o'clock church for the win, y'all. I didn't even have to skip sacrament meeting. I oh, actually man. woke up and watched. Uh, this is the first soccer match I watched for the World Cup. Interesting. I woke up, watched it all from start to finish. My wow, wife actually like wow. sat down and like watched it with me. She hates wow. soccer more than I do. Wow. And she was like, "Oh, like yeah, I mean that was kind of a cool goal, but um, yeah, it was fun. I I had a good time watching that. It was a good match. So um, was it a penalty? Which one? The real one, the controversial one. The handball. The. The the Griezmann PK. Oh, I thought it was. Okay. That that they were. That's fair. They were debating that it was a handball, correct? Yeah. Was that the one they reviewed? And uh, people started tweeting. Yes. They started tweeting. Think, did they review is... that? I think they reviewed that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they they actually missed like two very obvious handballs. One against France and I, one against Sweet or uh, sorry Croatia. I mean, there was like there was a hand involved. I'm not sure it's deliberate though. It it looked the hand more. Of God. It, ooh, maybe la mano de Dios. Well, I, the thing or, I felt bad la is ma, la mano de. Uh, is it Perisic or Perisic? Perisic. Perisic went from like being the goat to the goat. Well, he also played hurt. 
Yeah, he was hurt today. But he his goal was unbelievable. Great that goal. was that was the best goal of the match in my opinion. Yeah, no, great goal. And then he goes ahead and uh, completely screws that up. The biggest <laughs> and, gaffe though. And Mario Mandzukic, the first player in World Cup final history to score a goal for both teams. Yeah. Also, the hmm. Golden Ball winner. So shout out to Mario Mandzukic, Croatian, who was not very happy to receive his Golden Ball. <laughs> <laughs> No, wait, wasn't that, that wasn't that Mandzukic? No, no that was Modric. Modric. That was Modric. Sorry. Yeah. Shout out to Luka Modric Luka for Modric. winning that golden ball and not being very happy about it. So I didn't know like Mario Mandzukic also very good though this yeah. tournament. Yeah, I, I, I obviously didn't know very too much good. about um anything about <laughs> the World Cup going into this, but obviously I don't either because I just barely messed up the golden ball winner. Yeah. Loser. So I thought that Mbappe guy Oh I, he, I think he's gonna be a player. Yeah. He's First, good. Uh, was it 19 years old? Scored a first teenager since Pele. Okay, that's what the stat was. Yeah, only two teenagers have scored in a World Cup final. That's pretty good company to be with. Yeah, and yeah. let's be honest, because he scored in the World Cup and he won the World Cup, uh, he's going to be scoring a lot after this match. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, good luck with those uh, European women. They don't <laughs> shave and they don't <laughs> use. Uh, like their armpits, like they don't use oh deodorant and stuff. Can can someone on Twitter confirm or deny this for me? I don't know. Never, they don't believe in hygiene. They don't believe in hygiene. Period. <laughs> I don't know. Period. That, but that might be racist. <laughs> that's not racist. That might be racist. It's not a specific race that we're talking about. We should we should say that's shout regionist. Out. That's regionist. There we go. That's better. Um, uh, we should say shout out to PSG Paris Saint Germain who owns Kylian Mbappe. They're about to make bank on his yeah. transfer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, also, shout out to future Manchester City footballer Kylian Mbappe. So right, he's going to City, right? Mm. United. I have no idea. Oh, he's going to the Prem. Do we want to? Do we want to talk uh, twenty twenty two World Cup predictions? Oh, d- definitely. Anyone who goes will melt. Even if it is played in November, no. yeah, because that's what it's I was in Qatar. It's, it's being played in November and December. That's kind of a w- interesting dynamic, don't you think? Like, so Fox owns the rights. Oh yeah, they're going to be competing with themselves with football because they own Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. They do two broadcasts on a lot of Sundays. Yeah. Um. I so I wonder how that. many of these games are going to like kind of um conflict with their window. They also have college football that's going to be going on. Some bowl games. They might make them choose because, gonna be honest. People are going to choose between football or soccer, whether or not you're in the football side. Well, I just wonder. So they have three channels that they could put it on: Fox, FS1, and FS2. What if, gets if FS2 still exists by then? True. FS1 usually plays soccer. I mean, so that's four years away. We could definitely see them go like an ESPN Plus model. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, Fox Plus, and they could be streaming some stuff. So I think it'll be interesting. But as far as World Cup 2022 winners. I think Paris is, or sorry, France, is going to be the favorite. Yeah, heading in because they're the second youngest uh, team in uh, the 2018 World Cup. They're going to have that pretty much that same core all together. Yeah, Um, look at me acting like I know (laughs) about (laughs) soccer. Good, Uh, you learned much, young Padawan. Thank you. I, uh, I'm pretty happy about. Do we think the U.S. is going to make the 2022 World Cup? No. Uh, so per Westgate Las Vegas, the uh, 2022 World Cup betting odds right now, right now, uh, France at 13 to two, so they're obviously the favorites. Right. Croatia at 30 to one. 
Brazil at 6-1. to one. Germany, the reigning champions this year who got knocked out on the group stage, are 6-1. to one. Um, And uh, if you really want to make some money, the United States at 60-1. to one. I kind of like those odds for the U.S. 60-1? to one. Yeah. How? Um, others... Well, the, the Spain, U.S. has some Spain guys in the pipeline, Spain at 8-1, to one, Argentina at 10-1. to one. Um, What, England 14-1? to one. That could be Those could be some good odds there. I think England's England only going to get be better. a better bet, to yeah. be honest. I think England's only going to get better over the next four years. they got a nice generation coming up. Uh, Mexico at 50-1, to one, right around the United States. They'll probably lose in the round of 16 because that's what they do, though. I mean, Mexico and U.S., they're, they're both old. Like, unless they all of a sudden get all these young guys that just kill it internationally. Like the United States is doing right now? Christian Pulisic, man. I know. World I love Cup Pulisic. World Cup glory. I don't know. Is he the savior of U.S. soccer? Uh, Obviously. <laughs> so uh, here's my question. How long do you think – so the U.S. is starting to implement stuff like soccer academies. Right. MLS is getting big. Mm-hmm. Um, I think soccer is becoming more popular um, in youth sports. We're seeing a decline in baseball. We're seeing a decline in football. Welcome to the last 15 years, Zach. Okay, but it's pretty stark over the last several, like probably last like four or five years. There's been a, a very we'll noticeable in, drop. We'll get to this in a little bit, but for the record, remember Zach's a baseball guy. The baseball guy. Yeah. The baseball guy. Yeah, the baseball guy. The baseball guy. Uh, anyway, continue. So here's I, like, my I like this perspective, though. How like long until the U.S. is able to realistically compete for a World Cup championship? Do we think when the U.S. is hosting combined with Canada and Mexico that they can compete for the 2026 World Cup hmm. realistically? I mean, they got to make a semifinal first. That's I think that's the next big step. Uh, and realistically, they're probably at least a decade away from that's what I was competing for a semifinal berth. I was going to say we're 10 years away at least because of we just started establishing like a feeder system to bring people up. It's just the sport is just getting popular enough to where kids actually want to play it. We're like, you know, their heroes might be Messi and Neymar instead of Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? But where would we be if basketball is getting more popular too, though? What was that? Where would we be if LeBron played soccer? Where would we be? Do you know where the what the answer to that is? Uh, World in a, Cup. No, World and Cup we'd be in the worst place than we are right now because LeBron's a basketball player. Duh. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. I think I think basketball is skyrocketing in popularity. Absolutely, their organization's the best, m- the most well-run professional organization. Yes. Absolutely. The NFL's in shambles. People mm-hmm. are taking their kids out of football. Um, they're starting to realize how dangerous it is. Uh, and frankly, I mean, the Base- NFL is just a disaster. Baseball is still the most popular sport among those 65 and older. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, guys. Um, I mean, you can't take that. That's that's a coveted demo. So I will say this. I think baseball does have some serious issues. Um, I think that this – there are so many, like, absolute stars in the major leagues right now, but nobody knows who they are. I mean, I'm a baseball True. guy, and I forget a lot of these guys who are le- who are legit stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch a lot of baseball. I watch at least one or two games a day, um, and I forget, you know, who the shortstop on the Angels is or who plays third base for the Mariners. I can remember mm-hmm. them right now. It's Andrelton Simmons and 
uh, Kyle Seeger. But um, I mean, could you guys do? Would you guys know who Mike Trout is if you watched him? If you saw him on the street? Probably yes, just because I've seen him so many times. Okay. Does he does he still look like he does when he played for the bees? Yeah, oh, I guess he played for the bees. I, I, th- then I probably would. But, okay, how about a guy like um, I? I honestly haven't paid much attention to Mike Trout. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I'm not baseball guy, yeah. so I haven't paid a ton of attention to Mike Trout probably since his second season in the majors. So full-time. this is his seventh season in the majors, and he's on track to become the all-time leader in wins above above replacement. He he's on track to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Does that does that mean he's He's nicknamed the War Chief. <laughs> what? War. One's above. Oh, the War Chief. Okay. War he, chief? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the Warrior. That, come on. That was, a, that was a dad joke for you, future dad Zachary Hagen. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm still trying to catch again. on. Thank you. I'm trying to catch on to those. <laughs> I see no. what you're saying, though. It makes sense. Like, would we be able to recognize a baseball star? How about versus... Mookie Betts? Do you guys even know what Mookie Betts looks like? I don't. That one, I don't. I don't know. Okay, Mookie. so he's probably the second best player in the league right now, yeah. um, and Other you wouldn't Bryce be able Harper. to know. But is that a reflection? Bryce Harper's bad this year, guys. <laughs> but he's like, really bad this year. Lies. No, no. So like, is that, is I don't that, believe it. No, like, is this a, a symptom of the sport, or is it a symptom of the players just not being super recognizable? Well, they're not marketable because the league isn't marketing proper, properly, and hmm. I feel like part of that's because of a decline in popularity. Kids aren't. Just, I mean, it's it's hard to sit down and watch a baseball game. I'm going to mm-hmm. be completely honest. It's still, in my opinion, I still think it's the best live sport that you can go to. Hmm. If you go to a baseball game, you're going to have a great time. Every, I, I don't know of anyone that I've ever taken to a baseball game. I've gone to baseball games with my in-laws who are not baseball people. Mm-hmm. I've gone to professional baseball games at several different stadiums. They've never had a bad time. They love it. Yeah. They enjoy it. They like watching but it's hard to watch on TV. I agree. I, I I I will give you this that the the culture of being at a ballpark at a game is I would argue second to none. You got different traditions like you know singing uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball" game song, seventh inning stretch thing. Each each stadium. Well, has and their every stadium. Yeah, each stadium. Like, the food, the ballpark culture with the food mm-hmm. and. Every single ballpark has like something unique about it, um, or traditions that these teams have that are a little bit different, or promos that are yeah. a lot of fun. Um, and so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what baseball is able to do because this comes in waves, right? Yeah. Um, we've seen declines in popularity in baseball before. We saw it during the steroid era, um, where there was a ton of popularity in the late to early '90s, but then it kind of fell off once all these guys got finally caught mm-hmm. for using performance-enhancing drugs. Um, the difference was is baseball might have been the biggest sport in the United States back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I do get what you're saying. So, like, um, so you're saying that with soccer, there's more of an appeal coming up right now, and you think that... Well, if you think about it, what's the most popular video game that kids are playing? Fortnite. Fortnite. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Most popular sporting video game. Oh, probably FIFA. It's FIFA. Yeah. So these kids know all these teams. They know all these players. Yeah. 2K, or sorry, not 2K, um, uh, MLB The Show is a great game, but kids aren't really eh. playing it unless they're yeah. like specialized in eh. football, or sorry, baseball. Yeah. 
Unless they're playing baseball, they're probably not going to get MLB The Show. I've owned several copies of FIFA. Uh-huh. I don't watch soccer, but I still like to play FIFA. It's a it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. a fun game to play. It's a fun game to play with your friends. Um, it's super easy, simple controls, and the rules of soccer are really easy. You don't have to deal with the intricacies of baseball. Sure. The unnamed rules. rules. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I baseball has just completely changed in the last probably fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years ago, you could name probably the top ten players in the league with Griffey, Mark McGuire, Sammy sure. Sosa, Manny Ramirez. A Rod Jeter. Jeter. Yeah. Um, there are guys that are just as talented, maybe a little bit better, that are in the league right now, that aren't getting recognized. Yeah. Because of what baseball baseball is just not a lot of fun to watch right now. I I, I think it's also a little bit generational or micro generational. You talk about how sport popularities come in waves, and we're currently seeing this wave of a bunch of young people coming of age that really grew up with soccer, uh, even more than they grew up with baseball. Maybe as much as they grew up with basketball, and that's why basketball's not struggling. But those were kind of the two big sports with the, with the millennials the that are coming of age right now. Yeah, I still and, think basketball is the most popular sport for this up and coming age group. Right, but but you're not you're not seeing as many you're not seeing as many kind of young millennials coming of age millennials right now that grew up with baseball. And a lot of that I think is because there was a lot of burnout. Mm-hmm. over the last five or six years because you started to see such a rise in these really expensive 12-month-long travel teams um, that chased a lot of kids away from the game and maybe just as importantly chased a lot of parents away from the game, whether it was for financial reasons or time reasons um, or or whatever it was. And so you're seeing kind of that. It's not really a generation, I guess. It's more like a micro-generation, that micro-generation that's now coming up. And they don't, they don't have... You talk about baseball being a game that's so rooted in tradition and has such a such a high demand of tradition. I, I would argue probably more than any other sport in this country. Mm-hmm. A- and you have this group of of like a like a six or eight year span kids that were born within a six or eight year span. I'd probably say like don't what eight have, to sixteen year olds. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't have that tradition. Yeah, they they don't know any of that tradition. They haven't even learned it. I mean, the the best they can do is maybe they pulled up a YouTube video about some of it or something like that. Um, and and you're right. I th- I think it does come in waves. I think it I think it's very possible that baseball comes back around and whatnot. But there are some changes that probably need to happen. And I'm not even just talking about like the game itself or hmm. television or anything like that. But I mean even like the grassroots level. Um. I think there are some changes that need to happen for it to come back around. I think so, too. Will, will it happen? I'm sure it will happen. Soccer went through the same thing about 10 or 15 years ago as well, though. Um, and that's when – and it's not quite all the way there, but you saw a lot more kind of grassroots level, less expensive forms of the game um, start to start to burden, and they're seeing those results right now. So I, I think one the first thing that MLB needs to address – is making the game more watchable because the live rights for baseball are so lucrative. I mean, you have 162 games split among uh, 32 teams um, plus the postseason. That's a lot of TV time that you can get. Yeah, That's a lot of airtime that you can fill with live programming that people are going to watch. Mm-hmm. So improve the product that people can watch. Um I don't know what changes. He, I know they're talking. I know that they've started to implement a pitch clock. Um, oh yeah. 
There's other changes that they could make, though, um, that I think would be better. They need to make it so that balls are in play more often. I think um, every three and a half minutes, on average, is when a ball is put in play in a baseball game. That's wow. That's way too long. That's way too that's long. That's way too long. That's way too long without action, especially when um, you know these pitchers just blowing balls right past guys. Yeah. It's not fun to watch a guy just blow past. It's fun to watch defense and it's fun to watch hits. Yeah. So what do you what do you what do you say to like um, what do you say about the the game the season like the amount of games in the season? I think they should probably cut down. I think before they played 162, they played 154. Is that correct, Sean? Does that sound right to you? I yeah. think it's 154. Yeah. They could cut back on 154. They'd get a better product on the field. They for sure. Give, that adds one more rest day a month for players. Yeah. Which appeals to me. And I've said this before on the pod. Like, I'm not a baseball guy, but I will watch baseball in October. Like, that's when I start. Oh, the MLB postseason is still fantastic. And it's great. And I Fox, love it. Fox really has a great product that they put together, starting with their uh, pregame shows. Their post-game yeah. shows, they have a good team. The um, swag they put out is, like, really awesome. I'm yeah, it's awesome. Product. I have a friend who works at Fox, and he just tells me their MLB production is off the charts. And they yeah. do a great job. That's probably Fox's best product uh-huh. is their MLB. And it's and it's so filled, filled with broadcasters that – have a name and have that – Joe Buck's yeah. the best baseball broadcaster yeah, absolutely. in Absolutely. Guys, guys like Joe Buck, they – they could use maybe some rising stars in the broadcast booth. I think that's hurting them right now. But again, I think that kind of goes back to the generational thing. Um, we're we're seeing again that age of there weren't as many kids who kind of grew up wanting to be a baseball broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just have a lack of numbers there. But but I, I think you're absolutely right, and I I think you guys are totally right. And so if 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 Major League Baseball can find a way of translating the excitement of October into the regular season. Not even necessarily April and May, but, you know, July. It's the stretch August. of June to August yeah. when there's nothing else going on that baseball should just they absolutely should dominate. Except yeah, for Major absolutely. League Soccer. Yeah, but <laughs> it's rough to get through. It's rough to get through that. It's the dog days of summer. Teams aren't performing well. There's a lot of blowouts. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of injuries. And teams just completely separate. Um, for the most part, will separate themselves in their in their uh, division uh chase it sure so yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting um for those of you who don't care about baseball we're sorry that we got into this but um <laughs> we are gonna talk hey. a little bit more baseball hey we're only a half hour in it's fine uh the last thing i'm gonna say um the reason that i think basketball has really stuck around and is consistent through every generation i don't know like any generation that hasn't loved basketball mm-hmm. basketball is perfect for social media oh absolutely like, look at what House of Hoops yeah. is doing. Yeah. It's amazing. Or House of Highlights, sorry. House of Highlights. House of Highlights. House of Hoops is uh, what finish line, their basketball shoe uh, <laughs> store. House of Highlights is literally, like, one of my favorite They're accounts great. that I follow. Like, they can show some dude playing in freaking Romania or you, right. the former Yugoslavia, like, professional basketball, throwing it down. Bro, it, a dunk <laughs> is, like, the it's like the it's best the ultimate play. highlight. Yeah. yeah, and it, anyone, and I say anyone, but like a lot of people can do it. You know what I mean? Like missionaries playing in like Atlanta, someone whips out a phone and watches them dunk on some homies on the corner, and that goes viral. Yeah, you know which video I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, it's 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 like you said, it's the most 
accessible type of sport. Well, it's so easy. It's, it's just shareable. so easy. And, like, it's so short. You don't need to see this leading up to this leading up to this to get the payoff. Uh-huh. You get the payoff immediately. Yes. And for this generation that's coming up that has such a short attention span, that if any of them were to listen to this podcast, they would have tuned out after five minutes because <laughs> they got distracted by a yeah, they're gone. bee or a fly or Fortnite. Yeah. They're gone. It's perfect for them. Yeah. Um, but that's the last thing we're going to say about popularity in sports. Um, so millennials can come back. We're not going to talk baseball anymore. We need to talk home run derby. Oh, yes. Oh, or yeah. do we want to talk Mike, it'll Pe- be, Mike it'll be old news. First. It'll be old news, the home run derby, by the time anybody listens to this. Fair enough. <laughs> let's let's be honest, guys. So where do you um, want to go? Do you want to go Mike go, let's, let's go really quick with the home run derby because that is happening uh, Monday night. Yeah. Monday night. So, so tonight, if you guys are listening. People listening. Yeah. If, yeah. Later tonight, it's at uh, 6 p.m. Mountain, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, let's go over Yeah, on yeah, ESPN. Who are, who are we looking at? Uh, so the, the uh, home run derby, they split it up into a bracket style. They've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, eight competitors. Another problem with the home run derby, you can't get the major leagues. Major league baseball cannot get the best home run hitters to play in the derby. You saw sure. Aaron Judge last year mm-hmm. just completely go ape <laughs> during the home run derby, and he put together like him and Giancarlo Stanton going head to head last year was awesome. Uh-huh. Aaron Judge couldn't hit a baseball for a month and a half after the wow. home run derby uh, because he completely wore himself out. So he's not in it. Stanton's not in it. Uh, they're teammates with the Yankees now. Um, Mookie Betts, who's had a phenomenal season, uh, I said, like I said, he's probably the second best player in the league, isn't in it. Uh, Jose Ramirez, he has 29 home runs, isn't in it. Um, J.D. Martinez for the Red Sox, he's tied with Jose Ramirez for the lead. Isn't in it. He has 29. And Mike Trout's not in it. Who mm-hmm. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. He has a ton of home runs. He's up in the mid to high 20s. Um, but let's go through the seeding and we'll pick a winner. Okay. Uh, first seed, number one, is Jesus Aguilar from the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. Uh, number let's, two. Let me preface this by saying I. Much like how Zach doesn't know anything about soccer, I know nothing about baseball. Okay, which I've is, heard of which some is why I expect him to win his predictions. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, number two seed Bryce Harper, uh, brother Harper, brother Harper for the Washington Nationals. Shout he, out to Kayla's husband. I will say this: uh, the home run derby is at Nationals Park. Oh, home field. That's advantage. that's why uh, Bryce Harper is competing. Okay. Um, normally he does not. Uh, Number three is the Dodgers sensation Max Muncy. He did not have a contract until I think about a month into the season, and he's just been mashing the ball for the Dodgers. Uh, number four, Alex Bregman, third baseman for the Houston Astros, world champion Houston Astros. Uh, he'll be facing Kyle Schwarber, who's the five seed, uh, the big hefty outfielder for the Chicago Cubs that is still after losing 25 pounds during the offseason very overweight <laughs> i still feel i still feel we'll break down the bracket in a second but i feel like that's a little bit of an underseed spoiler alert i agree uh, too continue uh six seed we have uh javi Baez, Ooh. his uh teammate on the cubs second baseman shortstop mm-hmm. uh sleeper pick i'm gonna say that okay uh number seven freddie freeman might be the most popular player in the league um most well-liked guy in the league he plays for the braves um, really good dude. And then number eight is Reese Hoskins. So, uh, those are the eight competitors. So um, let's, let's go down, let's go down the bracket really fast. Um, 
Stop me if uh, you guys really want to argue against some seeds in the early okay. ones, but we'll kind of just run through them okay. really quick, and then we'll really break down the semifinals and the finals. Um, so the one seed versus the eight seed, Jesus Aguilar against Reese Hoskins. Any chance Hoskins? No. Nope. Okay. Aguilar's I, yeah. been mashing I, the yeah. ball about I like the, Aguilar last, in this the last three or four weeks. He's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, the four and the five seed, Alex Bregman and Kyle Schwarber. I feel like Schwarber is a really low seeded five. Seed. I'm nodding my head very vigorously. <laughs> I I think <laughs> that he's makes great radio, by the way. By I know. Way. Uh, he's uh, he's very uh, underrated. I mean, he's he's, he's not gone through a lot of struggles. Underrated. Yeah, he's gone through a lot of struggles because I mean, honestly, he's way too heavy for. He probably needs to be a DH. <laughs> Um, and like he gets a lot of criticism because he's a really overweight outfielder in the National League that doesn't have <laughs> DHs. Um, but he can absolutely mash the ball. I mean, he broke the scoreboard at Wrigley Field. Oh wow! Yeah, he can That's mash true. the ball. That's true. Um, he's I think he's broken it a couple times. That's cool. Um, and yeah, he's not even the best home run hitter on that team. He's probably the third best between Bryant and Rizzo. But he hits bombs. So Bregman or Schwarber? Uh, I'm going Schwarber. Schwarber? I like Schwarber, too. Hannah? Uh, sure. Schwarber's name's cooler. Uh, the, the two seed and the seven seed, Bryce Harper against uh, Freddie Freeman. Bryce Harper, as uh, as the uh, only Mormon in the field, is the official <laughs> home run derby participant of the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. I would just like to say that. But do we like Freddie Freeman at all? I like Freddie Freeman a lot. Uh, I still think that Bryce Harper's going to put on an absolute show tomorrow night. I'm tuning in just to watch Bryce Harper hit in the uh, home run derby because this is something we've been waiting for for about four or five years because he hasn't competed in that long. Hmm. I'm I'm in for anything with Bryce. Yeah, even though he hates BYU, uh, I like I'm pulling for Bryce here. His wife is a BYU grad. <laughs> uh, and then the three After, seed. Well, she graduated from Ohio State. The three seed and the six seed, Max Muncy and Javier Baez. I'm going. Ba- I'm going Baez. I'm picking Baez too. I like Baez. I think uh, Baez okay is going to put in. He's like this uh, super. Um, he loves the spotlight, and I think he's going to put on a show, mm-hmm. and he's going to just love having the spotlight on him. He's going to really. He's going to shine. I mean, he's a guy that, if someone who isn't a baseball player, tunes in to watch it, uh, they're going to come away liking Javi Baez, mm. and very strong contender for uh, NL MVP this year. Uh, so semifinal number one, the top seed Jesus Aguilar. And the five seed mild upset Kyle Schwarber. I'm gonna go Schwarber. You like Schwarber? I like Schwarber. Okay. Um, I really like Schwarber in this spot, but I mean Aguilar's been on a pretty good tear. I, I want to say an Aguilar Harper final, so I'm gonna go with Jesus Aguilar. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Hema. That one. Any thoughts? Uh, no. I have no thoughts. Okay. Uh, the two, the other semifinal, the two seed Bryce Harper and the six seed and a big upset Javier Baez. Are we going with Brother Harper? I'm going Harper. I think it's going to be close. The, the official home run derby um, contestant of the sports beat. Baez is going to run out of steam. Um, I, I think we're in agreement, Sean. I'm assuming that Harper's probably going to win the whole thing. I hope that's what happens because it's at Nationals Park. It's a yeah, park that be, he knows. It would be huge for MLB. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably the most marketable star. Um, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole again. He's probably the most recognizable player in the major leagues. For sure. Um, He's going to bring the ratings to know who he is. For television. Yeah. People are tuning in to watch Bryce Harper play. 
and they're going to come away really liking Javi Baez. It's that's fair. The Baez Harper like thing. It's going to be like the prettiest home run. Like just because they're both good looking guys. <laughs> like so, I'm going to choose. I agree uh, with that. They're both pretty Baez. boys. Really, you like Baez in the upset? Wow. Sure. Wow. Okay, so who do you have winning it all then? Baez. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll pick Baez. Okay, so me and Sean have Harper. I like it. Okay. Uh, Hema has Baez. Javi Baez. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Um, so we're done talking baseball now. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to uh, the most important sport in the world over the last week, and uh, let's maybe in Utah too. Oh yeah, for sure. In Utah. Uh, lots of uh, bowling. Uh, bowling. Just kidding. I don't. Know. No, I was gonna say uh, lots of steam, smoke, fireworks, fire. Uh, coming down from uh, the Real Salt Lake oh, organization this week. Who's that coming through the door? Guys, it's it's Mike Pecky. It's Real Salt Lake coach <laughs> Mike Pecky joining us on the uh, After Hours podcast. And uh, what hey, you, what co- did, Coach, what did you uh, think of yesterday's game? Yeah, I think – I think. oh, you want to you say something? You want to – hold on, hold on. Take the mic. Take take the mic. Okay. It's not good enough. And then I get from the – the only thing I get from MLS is stop criticizing referees. I want to know where the referees are right now. Why can't we ask the referee a question? Why can't we do that? Why can't we ask, why didn't you go to VAR? Why didn't you call that? Why, when the studs are coming up, you just give a yellow card? That would make them more human. It would be better, to MLS, it would be better for this league, for the fans, for the owners, for the coaches, for the players, to hear from them and to hear their side of the story. And perhaps then we say, okay, I see it. Maybe it happened a little fast. You know, maybe the guy in the booth, wherever the hell he is watching this, you know, maybe he was watching The Simpsons at the same time. I don't know. I have no idea. But it's not good enough to me. And I'll take the fine. Jeff Agus, find me. Find me. I don't care anymore. You know, nobody, no other coach in this league steps up a little more than they should. I'm going to. So drain my bank account. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay? Guys, Mike. Well, okay, see it. See it, Mike. See it, Mike. Mike Peck. He just dropped the mic and walked out of the uh, sports beat after our studio. But I think he got his point across. Goodness gracious! I think he's. Uh, I think he's a little bit upset at uh, MLS officiating. You think so, Hema? Uh, yeah. He's been saying this for years, and I know a lot of like you know. If you're just tuning in, you've probably heard. Everybody talking about this rant because it was fire. It was needed. It was honest. Uh, everything that the Utah fan base likes. Uh, a little unfiltered Coach Petke is good for us from time to time. He's been saying these things for a long time that like pro referees in the MLS need to get better. Because they're awful. They're garbage. They're terrible. Uh, everyone that watches MLS knows that. Uh he had some things to say about that. Even Laura Harvey had some stuff to say about it too. Um, which, which it should be it should be mentioned. MLS referees and NWSL referees um, are they both come out of the same organization? The same Pro, one. Professional yeah. the professional referees organization. They govern pretty much all soccer refs at uh, most levels in the United States. Yeah, not quite every I think, but but pretty much every level. Um, yeah. yeah. So there I was mean, there was a there was a lot of fire in this rant. Um, and I really hope this is something like, like this, this, uh, probably, I I think it's just under two minute long rant is really going viral. Like I saw something this morning when I woke up from the guardian and the BBC talking about it. 
Um, and I really hope this is more than just, oh, Mike Pecky's going on a viral rant right. about MLS officials, because this is something that I think really, really needs to be said in North American soccer right now. Uh, it needs to be changed. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's something that, that I think MLS really needs to look at and be like, okay, what exactly is Petke saying? What exactly is the problem here? How can we fix it, or how can we try to fix it? Because the product, the product on the field in Major League Soccer right now, is, I get it. It's not the best soccer in the world, like you saw at the World Cup, Zach. But it's getting better, and it's getting so much better than it was uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Even like fi- even as little as five years ago, it's oh, getting absolutely. so much better on the field. But that product in the officiating circle is not getting better. Or if it is getting better, it's very incremental. It's it's just it's not catching up to the rate of growth that MLS players are seeing, that MLS coaches are seeing. We're seeing MLS coaches that are now getting getting offered contracts in the German Bundesliga, in France's Ligue 1, all over the world, and yet we're not seeing hardly any of that from American slash MLS referees, Mark Geiger notwithstanding, who oh, who ran VAR for the third place match, I think. Mm-hmm. I I mean, Geiger notwithstanding, whatever you think about him or not, he's he's probably the most well respected American official uh, in FIFA, and and he's not even that not high. Great. But there's also not a second choice to him in MLS right now. Right. So uh, here's my question. Uh, I, Obviously, it's well established. I don't watch a lot of soccer. I don't watch MLS. If I'm doing anything, I'm cutting highlights for uh, <laughs> Sports Beat or something. Um, how would you guys compare the product that the officials put out for MLS and NWSL to the NBA, which ha- gets a ton of criticism? We saw in the finals, the NBA finals, a decision made by the referees possibly swing the outcome of the finals and give the momentum to the Warriors. Yeah. Um, and question. baseball, which they're looking at possibly getting rid of how much power the home plate umpire has and taking away the right for uh, the home plate umpire to call balls and strikes. And NFL referees who don't even know what a catch is anymore. <laughs> well, that that's not just the ref's I, fault. To be fair, that's that, that's it, also true. That's, that's also the rule. Okay. So, is this is this a product of athletes who are just so extremely athletic now that it's hard to officiate them, or do we just have bad referees so and they're a, not they're not big, properly trained? A big part of the problem with soccer officials in general, but particular in in MLS, um, I think is is the official in soccer is extremely powerful, especially the center official. It's yes. it's very comparable to the home plate umpire, who really, in a lot of ways, controls the game. Um, but they're that powerful, and it's also one person controlling an entire soccer pitch, or essentially, for non-soccer people, an entire football field. Mike Pecky- so, imagine, so imagine if an NFL ref, um, you know, a backfield judge, we'll say, had the power over his sport like a baseball umpire, but also didn't have two, three, four other assistants with him. Let me. T- I, I I mean that's that's what soccer officials are at right now, okay. and so it's getting next to impossible really to ke- to keep up with the speed of play, um, and to make decisions that are so bang bang in real time that video review can help, but it's still not quite understood how to use it. The assistant 
the assistant referees are really just there for like one or two things, and they all stand on the sideline. They're not allowed onto the actual field of play. Uh, and, and we've just progressed to the point where athletes are so much, I guess, better, so much more athletic, so much quicker, so much more, more They're bigger, skilled. faster, stronger. Yeah. yeah, they're bigger, faster, stronger, exactly, than the referees, that it's just really hard to keep up with them. Well, Mike Pecky's problem, like the reason he was ranting was because there's VAR, uh, assistant ref- video assistant referees, um, you know, the system where they roll it back, essentially, to, to review a call or something. Um yeah, it's and, like video review in the NBA. Yeah, and his problem was that they weren't using it, that the referee had too much power. Almost like kind of the opposite of the complaint in the NBA where they use it a little too much. They'll roll it back uh, some some foul and they'll take two minutes to like figure out if it really was out of bounds or who it was really off of. You know, And Mike Pecky's problem was that they weren't actually using the assistant referee. Whereas in, in that situation that he was complaining about, they should have used the VAR to figure yeah, out what Because exactly it was happened. a goal-scoring opportunity. It actually led to a goal, one of the ones he was yes. talking about. And in another instance, uh, there was a card dished out, and cardable offenses are also video reviewable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. And, and, I, and I really think... I really think there's a really easy way to solve not every problem because I don't think you can solve every problem. And again, the bigger, faster, stronger element is really hard to to really keep a handle on uh, outside of possibly you know hiring another official. Yeah, you know, ma- making letting another referee really center sure. referee actually able to go onto the field and not just stand on the sideline and call offside and and that sort of thing. I think there's another thing that MLS can do with officiating that would it, solve a lot of these problems and it will not cost them a dime. Interesting. It's, Whereas it, VR, like goal line technology is yeah, like super goal, expensive. Goal line technology is extremely expensive. Additional referees are going to be more expensive. Um, better referee training even is going to be a, sure a, a little more expensive if nothing else. Uh, but I think there is something that MLS can do with the officials that they have right now that's not going to cost them any money and I think it would dramatically improve um, decisions that are made on the field, and I think it's a big. It's kind of at the root of of Pecky's rant. Huh. So, so you have a free option. Yeah, a to free make option. Better. Okay, let's hear yeah, it. Totally free, um, and it's really simple because you have a group of people in every MLS stadium, every game, whose pretty much sole job it is is to objectively monitor and review and report on the goings on of that game, and they're up in the press box. So my simple suggestion is take the head referee and make him available to the media every single game. And I'm not talking about submitting submitting a report with a question where the ref can then fill out a form and not allow for any follow-up or anything like that. Right. I'm talking about bring the, bring the center official into a post-game press conference after every match and let the media ask him, about decisions or penalties or or cards or fouls or anything that might be controversial and then let them follow up with that official. And in some cases, it's going to be a really short press conference. It's right. going to be the official is going to walk in and there may be like one or two minor questions and he'll be done in two minutes. And in others... Um, but and and in, and in others, it's going to take some explaining from the from the head officials' uh, uh, part 
to ex- to to examine his point of view and to say this is what I saw and this is how I interpreted X rule in the heat of the moment based on the information that I had available to me. How- and I and I think I think by doing this. I think by doing this, you're not only getting an explanation for calls and forcing referees to explain themselves, which could help for future decisions because they now know they've got they've got to explain these. Um, but you're also going to humanize these refs. Right now, soccer officials are nothing but demons or at best internet memes. Sure. And and we don't get a chance to really see them for who they are, for people, for for you know the the same. We don't get a chance to see them in the same way that we see coaches and players, right. um, and even staff members and the like. I think, uh, especially you know, Geiger is a really uh, big name for local RSL fans. A lot of us feel like he doesn't give us a fair shake necessarily. Um, Our RSL fans also don't like pretty much any referee. <laughs> that's to be true. fair, playing devil's advocate a little bit. So so we. So what I'm saying is, like, soccer fans know who the refs are. But if you had a post They know names. They know names. They know names. They know names. They know faces. They know names. If if they had a presser, like you're suggesting, at the end of every match, four referees, they probably, the general public would probably learn pretty quickly how uh, a person's a referee scores like if, if, if this such and such ref always gives out cards at the beginning of games, you know, like, so we'll see what he does next game. Like you're saying the accountability thing is the biggest part. of this. So, exactly. It's just, that's all it is. It's just simple accountability. It's, it's sorry. simple. It's simple accountability. Um, and it's, it's just a minimal requirement of allowing officials to explain themselves and not necessarily change their calls but walk the general public the media and therefore by extension players and coaches because i get it players and coaches can be really intimidating sometimes you want to protect the referee and make sure they don't get hurt with a a team captain or a coach who in the heat of battle is really upset and might do something dangerous to the official like i like i get um, that but you're not going to get that from joe blow journalist on the sideline their sure. job is to be more objective and to not create that hands-on scenario. So my question is, um, where else is this done where referees are held accountable in this way? Um, and, I mean, basically, like, I, I like the idea. Yeah. But As, I just don't feel like well, it. The NBA has the last two-minute report. Right. I mean, that's pretty close. It's It's not like a... Well, there, there's never type, like but... there's never a precedent where a referee comes down. I mean, I've this never this seen kind it. of would be groundbreaking, and I it would. I feel like it's so. I'm trying to think of the right word to use, but just so different and so unique. I mean, I think this could change and have an impact on professional sports across I... the entire. Spectrum. I, I definitely think they need to do it correctly. I don't think that they should. It should be like a media scrum type thing. How like you know some some coaches posts is just him on the sideline. Some guy walks up, asks some questions. I think it needs to be like a formal thing, kind of like in the NBA, how they sit down, they're a ways off from the media. The media takes turns like asking the questions. I think that would be a good format and very beneficial for the sport for them to do. But let me ask you this question, guys. Like what how would this 
impact the uh, referees, especially if the referee's like, yo, this is what happened in the moment. This is why I said it. But looking back on it, it was a mistake. Well, they're going to be held accountable. Yeah, if they, if they admit to mistakes, then that provides an opportunity for the disciplinary committee to take the action that they need to. Rather, they need to go back and conduct their own investigation and review right. their own film and their own tape and do that sort of thing. Because all that stuff is happening anyways. Yeah. But, but now this just kind of this 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 speeds up that process. But the, the the referees won't be penalized, right? They could be. I mean, they are right now. Because like, who, who's gonna admit they're wrong if they're gonna be penalized? Right. I mean, the the only time they would admit they're wrong is if they they know that they that it was a gross misconduct. Right. Obviously. So I mean, will it happen very often? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But it could happen every now and then. And at the very least, if as they're talking it through and as they're explaining it, they're having to convince themselves in the back of their mind, they're also thinking of it and they're going, well, maybe next time when I see something similar on the field, because soccer is, for the most part, a very uniform sport. Yeah. You don't see dramatic differences from mm-hmm. week to week. So the next time they're in that, t- that situation, they're maybe going to think twice before they pull out a red card or before they... Or or before they award a penalty kick, yeah. or before they before they create these dramatic game altering moments. That's true. Uh, well, that's interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, do I think anything will change actually in MLS? Probably not. But it does help to have. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah I'm reticent. Yeah, but it, I mean it does help to have an overwhelming support from the RSL organization for Petkey and for Laura Harvey. And even in the soccer community, uh, Ashley Cole tweeted that he supported. Yeah, LA Galaxy defender <laughs> Ashley Cole. Yeah, <laughs> uh, England legend Ashley Cole. Like he even threw out his support for Petkey. Yeah, he's, he, he said he would help Petkey pay his fine. Yeah, which I don't know if he's actually going to help Petkey pay his fine, but just saying that is kind of cool. Yeah, it's way cool. So, um, so yeah, so and and that's the thing about Petkey's rant is is. Other players and other coaches know that he's speaking a lot of truth, but nobody else wants to speak up. They're all afraid of that that ominous fine from right. MLS HQ. Yeah. Um, they're they're all afraid of of what can the league do to me? Can they suspend me? Can they fine me? I don't really make you know MLS coaches right now don't make a ton of money, um, and, and so so maybe that scares them off. Yeah. But I think if more and more people speak out, it creates more of an incentive for the league to change. And I think you're right. Uh, Rod and Jer on the show tonight brought up a really interesting point, and they said that they liked uh, what Mike Pecky did. They liked what he said. They even approved of like how he said it because sometimes stronger language is necessary to get your point across. Um, they said that they would like to see it more in other coaches here in Utah. Like we're talking Quinn Snyder. We're talking, uh, Kalani Satake, Kyle Whittingham. What do you guys think about that? Do we need more of this kind of coaching coming from the other coaches in the state? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, we've already, we talked about it earlier. There is a problem in the NBA with officiating. It's a major problem. It's like you guys said, I'm not involved with soccer memes or the (laughs) internet jokes that go on with soccer. NBA officiating and the referees are considered a joke by a lot of people. Yeah. 
they are made fun of just as much as any other aspect of any sport that you can think of. I mean, they are constantly a storyline. I said it earlier. We saw them in the Most NBA of them Finals have their own this Twitter year. accounts that aren't really them. Yeah, that aren't really them. Oh, They're known by their names. People know who they are. Um, and it's been an issue for about 15 years. The players are just... I mean, basketball players are the biggest, strongest, freakiest athletes in the world. I by agree. far. They are insanely athletic. They're hard to officiate. I mean, LeBron James, every time he freaking drives... He travels. <laughs> James, Harden James, yeah, James Harden. Yeah, James all the time. Um, we saw what was it, two thousand two or two thousand three, where the Lakers um, ended up coming back and beating the Kings because of officiating. Mm. Michael Jordan beat the Jazz in nineteen ninety eight <laughs> because he fouled. Yeah, still pushed off. Ugh. Still he pushed off. absolutely pushed of off. Superstars get calls in the league. It's true. And if you don't, if you're not a superstar, you don't get calls. Well, guess what? A lot of teams don't have superstars because superstars are all playing on the same freaking teams. Uh, the Jazz just got a superstar, like just. But barely. here's the thing: he's a rookie, so he's not getting those calls sure, yet. Absolutely. He hasn't taken his lumps. He will soon enough. He will soon. Shout out to you, Donovan. He didn't get a lot of calls this year, though. No, you're right. He got Especially half a lot, and he didn't get game. calls. Yeah, it's a major. Oh wait, issue. wait, we're talking about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. You said superstar. I immediately thought of Joe Ingles. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, it's the a major issue. I I do think that Quinn Snyder has had a lot of rants. I do think that the NBA does reign in, in its coaches a little bit more than uh-huh. the MLS. Um, from what I've seen from Mike Petke, I mean, this isn't his first time ranting, and it surely won't be his last. I feel like the organization has kind of given him some freedom and kind of loosened up the rope or – yeah, they loosened up the grip that they had ar- around, um, around him, and kind of allowed him to express how he feels. Well, Quinn they're Snyder not, they're not, afraid, they're not afraid to not whitewash it. Yeah, right. they tweeted that's, out his unedited. Yeah, I mean rant. that's that's the beauty of what RSL does is they're not going to whitewash any of this stuff. They're going to go, well, this is what Mike wants. And to do. I feel like I'll say this about the NBA: the NBA embraces stuff like this because the NBA loves to be talked about in a twenty-four hour news cycle. Yes. They want to be in all 24 of those hours, 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. So the NBA is not going to shy away from this. I just feel with maybe with Quinn Snyder, he's in an organization where, you know, they're probably going to suggest that he shies away from stuff like that because they don't yeah. want that kind of negative attention brought on. But I feel like in the right situation, he'd be given free reign to do whatever. Yeah. He feels necessary. Um, I feel like the NBA has given its superstars and its coaches enough leeway to talk about whatever they want. That includes social issues. That includes politics. Mm-hmm. That includes their personal views. Um, I'll be about Hi, Steve. anything that they want. <laughs> Hi, Pop. Um, I mean, you look at LeBron. He's talking about uh, police brutality, um, racism. Uh, he said a lot of stuff about the president, and you don't see him getting fined or criticized or anything like that. In the, in the NFL, he's just suspended for a couple games. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's just part of a news cycle. It moves Unless he on. played for the Dallas Cowboys. And so, 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, I think that Quinn Snyder should do. I would like to see, but I feel like Kyle Whittingham is a pretty straight shooter. Yeah. Um, he's tenured enough that he's. I mean, he he knows what to say and have the tact to say it. He's seen. Everything. I feel like Kalani is still kind of learning that. Um, that he still kind of has some lumps that he needs to learn and to get a little bit more. Kalani Kalani is also emotional enough where he'll right. go through all this stuff like on a sideline, yeah. and then reel it back by the time he gets in front of Absolutely. a camera in front of the microphone. I think know, with the media. I think if anyone is prone to having an uh, having an outburst, for lack of a better word, like this, I think Kalani's going to get it because he's just got less to work with. <laughs> And his team. Well, we'll he talk about he that also later. probably is facing the most pressure of anyone and right he now. Has a lot of pressure. Um, Mike Peck Mike Petke made a great uh, point yesterday. Stuff like this, if his team loses, it's going to cost him a job. Yeah. Um. So that's why he's ranting and raving about this. Uh, we could see a point where, I mean, this is going to be a tough season for BYU football. Yeah. If Kalani has his back up against the wall. I could see an outburst coming if something doesn't go their way in a game. And so, and we'll talk about this uh, next weekend. We've got our KSL Sports Beat uh, football preview show. They start this weekend, and we're starting off with BYU. So, uh, you listening out there, tune in and we'll. Saturday at 6 p.m. Saturday at 6 p.m. All you BYU fans, like the Hamulis. Like the Hamulis and the Hickens and the Walkers. Maybe <laughs> we'll we'll talk about more about BYU and how their seasons can go, how high the stakes are, what's happening with the team. So tune in uh, next weekend. Um, yeah, we'll do all our football preview shows for Sports Beat coming up. So stay tuned. It's gonna be great. Football season's almost here, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. I am your host, Hamahemuli Jr. for Sports Beat After Hours. Joining me as always was uh, the Internet Jesus himself, Sean Walker. Still haven't died for the internet since, though. <laughs> and uh, Zach Hicken. <laughs> what? Oh, night, guys.